me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. <laughs> You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into episode 488 of DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And tonight we are going to be getting into The Flash, Season 4, Episode 23. We are The Flash, the season finale of Season 4. But first things first... We do want to remind you that it does us a huge favor if you leave us a positive rating or review on iTunes. It totally helps our show get out there, and uh, we will have a link in the show notes for that. All right, so um, I I kind of want to start out by saying I don't um, – I think it's, if you've ever heard us before and if you haven't, here's where we're going to tell you. We love these characters. We love this show. I love Cisco. I love uh, Harry – I've actually loved every version of Wells. Caitlin, I, I I love these characters, all right? So I'm I might get a little negative on this episode. <laughs> because I have not I mean, and a lot of people share my sentiment. A lot of people have not liked this season very much. I haven't liked this season very much. It's been okay. Like there's like, you know, hills and valleys. How, how do you feel, man? There's hills and valleys like every season, but I did like it. Not yeah, not not the best season. Mm-hmm. And I would I would go so far as to say probably my least favorite season finale. It's maybe the and least you know, impactful. Mm. Like I wasn't a sobbing mess at any point during this one. <laughs> and maybe that might be the tone setter for the Flash season finale. It's like if you're like sobbing uncontrollably, that means they did a good job. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, one of, one of the things that this show, that this season really lacked, I feel, was like big surprises, like big mysteries. You know, they like set all that up in previous seasons so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who is Savitar? Who is Zoom? Who is, you know, Man in the Iron Mask? Who, you know, yeah. I, I was just like, you know, they, they were just, you know, completely balls out on this up on this season, saying like, no, it's Devo. Yeah, but like, yeah, but, but that was refreshing in the well, I know. The, the two major things were one. It wasn't more speedsters. Mm-hmm. Um, like they even got rid of a speedster mid-season. They did. Two. Uh, it was. 
I like DeVoe's plan, and I like the fact that it was just uh, them versus some machination that they couldn't really get their hands on. Because mm-hmm. they have powered yeah. Barry up to the point where it's hard to hard to conceive of somebody that he can't physically just grab and put where he needs them to be. Mm-hmm. So DeVoe always being a step ahead. And this job, like this episode did a great job of, of wrapping up how far ahead DeVoe has always been. Well, I sort of thought that they would, I thought that the way they set it up, was that like the the flash was his mind was going to be more in tune with the speed force that him you know uh writing in the speed force language and all of that was going to be like a next evolution of Barry like he was going to use the mere speed of thought to just outthink the thinker mm-hmm. um by being that damn fast and um and instead he ran Ralph through a secret portal inside of the of his own mind uh, was inside of Ralph's mind that I mean I weird. see why you were thinking that but I, I'm still okay with where they got it instead. Like, I mean, I love Renberry Run. I even love uh-huh. that DeVoe uh, does a play on that at some point in this episode. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was nice. But <laughs> I love I love the Renberry Run thing. But I would have been, I think, a little annoyed with uh, him just, like, speed force level outthinking DeVoe. Because it's like, well, with, think- with Superman, it's one of the least exciting things. that like, There are a ton, like, just a, a vast, like set of superman powers that people have like given and taken over the years you know different writers and one of them is like he's just super intelligent at times Mm -hmm. because he can do that it's that one's one of the dumb ones we don't need that one for him he's that's not who he is same with barry i like i love him being really intelligent and i love that in this show in this canon he can be really intelligent about any subject he wants to be for a time Mm -hmm. he can go cram that subject and just no, like he he can know particle physics for like eight hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know. I mean, if it was a take on that, maybe. But I like the idea that it was still just them versus this implacable wall of I've already thought of that. Yeah, it was refreshing. That I mean, it was cool. I think up until this episode, like I I think part of my my issue with this one is maybe that like I kind of like everything was kind of telegraphed like. I figured it would end with Cecile and labor. I figured her psychic powers were going to be, you know, playing into things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone knew mystery girl was either their daughter or granddaughter. Everyone knew that Marlies was going to eventually come to the side of team flash. Every, you know, it, and they, they were right. All of these things were right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really feel it. I, and then for the capper to be like, well, we're going to kind of go inside of his head and run around and then like agent Smith, that shit. Like, <laughs> they're going to be attacked by a bunch of Agent Smiths, essentially. Yeah. Agent yeah. DeVos. It was a little... It, it, I kind of felt like they were building up to something else with the the Speed Force language. Though, I mean, it kind of looks like they're building up to something in, for that in Season 5, too. That's because... the major That's the major thing. Well, first of all, going through all the Mr. Smiths, the Ralph Dibney cape was hilarious. It was. So, I'm not even going <laughs> to hate on that scene. I, I mean, I I had to pause and laugh my ass off a little bit at him just flowing mindlessly through that. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's the the major thing. Like it, this the season and this finale in particular have done a couple things that no other ep, uh, season of The Flash has done. Like they took it a different way as far as it not being as tactile an enemy, and, and like they that was that was good. I think it was a good thing for the show to do right now. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see the team just repeatedly defeated. Over the course of the season. Like, every time they thought they had a step up on him, they were done. But what they did in this episode, like, they did sacrifice a little bit. I don't know if they sacrificed or if it just didn't hit. Because it was a little emotionally underwhelming 
compared to what we've been in, you know, seeing before with Flash episodes mm-hmm. or with Flash finales in particular. Like, most of the time, you're just like the the few episodes leading up to the Flash, you know, season finale. You're just like carrying a box of Kleenex in to watch the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely moments like that within the course of the season. It's not like this has just been. It's not like a medicated season, man. I mean, like inner Flash time. You go back and watch uh, like Harry and Jesse listening to memories of their mom or something like that was oh man oh that god was, mm-hmm. yeah that was rough man oh my <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> yeah that got some serious feels and, and and subsequently watching harry's intellect diminish has been drain and then yeah one of the heartbreaking moments of this episode like watching cisco watch his friends just last thoughts just vanish yeah like it, mm-hmm. That was rough. There were a lot of rough parts in this uh, this season, but what it did better than I think any finale that has preceded it in the Flash universe, at least, was set up an exciting universe for next season. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to just do a big bad, and don't get me wrong, the the Flashpoint finale where he goes back in time after the kiss that was, I mean, that was huge. It was. I I don't think there's been one that's been like caused as much anticipation. I for me, this one caused as much anticipation. Okay. Because... Well, I mean, they just kind of did it again, but with his daughter. They didn't, though. They well, We have all these little pieces that they've been building the entire season. Like, yes, there is just another Flashpoint thing, but now we have a Flashpoint and a Barry that can handle it and a Barry that's involved with it and has experience with it. Like, mm-hmm. that'll be fun to see. Because, mm-hmm. come on, man. I mean, it's, it's the Flash. This is... DC Comics uses the Flash over and over again to reset time when they need him. Like, mm-hmm. they... It's a... It's... It's just something you end up doing with a flash every now and then if you're a writer. Like, yep, we're just going to throw this in there and, and uh, see, you know, reset it to this point and see what happens differently. And uh, honestly, most of the time it's like, let's see what we keep. But in this one, like, it's Barry's already been through this before. He's going to get to help his daughter. Iris has already been informed. The whole team has been through this. They're going to get to see it. And they've been building up this whole Speed Force language thing. Like, Harry was mindlessly scrawling those letters while mm-hmm. he was losing his mind and then the mechanic gives him uh i keep calling her that because i can't remember her name but it's also true the mechanic gives him marley's thank you gives him this piece of technology which when you look at the visor as he's being fixed uses the same piece of uh, like the 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 same vocabulary like the speed force was involved heavily through the season like mystery girl's writing in it harry's mind is Mm -hmm. is broken and fixed by it and that may be part I, i don't know if it plays in or not but i mean it has to like Barry's daughter's writing it in some of the flashback scenes. Yeah. Or I mean, a flashback, but earlier in the season. <laughs> like, she's, uh, after she meets uh, Cisco and Dick Dimney and buys their coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's writing in that thing. Like, it's that Speed Force language is going to end up being extremely important, I think. And I like how it sets up a whole new world and pos- set of possibilities for next year. Mm-hmm. But, oh man, like, you have to consider, like, also, like, we're, I know we're going to get a new Harrison of some kind, but it's. Harry's mind is like, I can't get past that. I can't get past the fact that he was just scribbling in this unknown language while he was dumb. Mm-hmm. And that it was... Well, also, when, when they were fixing it, that language were, was, was somehow like fixed across his... It seems like yeah. it's... Like, just to take a guess, it seems like that language is in him in some capacity, and it's, or it's part of his storyline in some capacity that we have yet to know, and that somehow, because he only was restored to a certain point of hairiness, like, he... That language has to be involved, and I'm like suspicious that the mechanic knew to what level she could kind of take that. I, I don't even know where that goes, but it's 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 a lot of like little pieces that I'm still confused by and excited by, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then 
just to like run the whole season through, you come in and you immediately see Nora with like this house is bitching and stuff. Like there's all kinds of tie-ins that like they've been playing with some ideas all season where they clearly knew what they were doing tomorrow, like next season. <laughs> this hard, this house is bitching. No, hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not though. Pe- many people have visited that house. Yeah, like wanted an unwanted visit. King, Sh- King Shark found this place. Yeah, Come on. he's not an intellectual juggernaut of the of the universe. <laughs> anyway, long story <laughs> short, that language alone has me very excited, and I love the fact uh-huh. that they've been setting it up all season. And you look at what they've been doing, and it's it has it's been a clear setup. Whatever they've been doing, they've been seeding it. Yeah, I I think I've in I've enjoyed the dual personality of Caitlin and Killer Frost a lot. I've enjoyed uh, the fact that she predates the uh, Particle Accelerator. Yeah, that was nice. That's awesome. Still waiting on uh, on Death Bolt. I know. But, uh, I know. It's my ongoing war. But whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Um. How did you feel about uh? What's her face? The um. I can't remember her name now. Um, the lady that controls the metal. <laughs> what was her name? Amethyst? Um, Amethyst Black or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember her name, actually. I, I just, I've, I, I've forgotten, too. Um, No hard or soft feelings. She's fine. I mean, a little bit of a scenery chewer, but... Mm-hmm. Decent arc within the story this season. And I kind I I of not- like that she's out there. I wound up liking her at the end, but those first few appearances were just rough to get through for me. I was like, "What are you doing, lady?" Same can be like, said for Killer Killer Frost. Like, absolutely, Hannah Baker's she... really honed that in right now, and I mm-hmm. fell in love with Killer Frost this season. But those first few were, whew. again, scenery chewing. <laughs> Speaking of scenery chewers, how much did you love the uh, Amunet Black? That was her name. Amunet Black. How much did there you love? Um, how much did you love? Um, Harry and Harry and um, Cisco doing Con Wrath of Con. <laughs> Not as much as you, I'm sure. Oh, I loved it. I love that Iris looked at, at at Barry and goes Star Wars, and he just looks at her like, no. <laughs> and you know, I felt the like look of like, as, who did I marry? As funny as that is, like I feel like they should have chosen someone other than Iris because if you go over to TV Time, if you go on Twitter, people have been. I really hate on Iris this season. The last thing they needed was for that character to confuse Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> Look at dude, judge the room. She's the one who would be like close enough because she's trying and yet not know it. That's the character I don't, I don't who disagree. Who it's accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but I feel like they should have maybe given that one to Joe or somebody. You know, <laughs> Joe's the only other one I might kick that out to, but still. Yeah, the fans are way more forgiving of Joe, though. They are. Those Joe eyes. It's so hard not to be. That's, yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I, I what, you know, one of the things I like about the fact that, uh, which I've seen some people complaining about, um, Harry not actually having all of his powers or all of his uh, intelligence back. But, you know, like he said, there's a balance. And how many times have you seen over the course of this season and previous seasons where Cisco? And anyone else who, you know, deigns to try to have a, an actual human conversation with Harry be frustrated as hell over the idea that Harry is such an arrogant dick. Yes. Like, I love Harry, 
but he's a dick. But he is and a half for sure a sociopath. Yeah. Um, and I feel some sort of great peace over the fact that he's going to be able to go and actually have a real relationship with his daughter. Oh for God's yeah, sake. the idea that like I love the arc for <laughs> Harry. Like, uh, given the last few seasons for Harry, that's huge. And mm-hmm. I kind of like it for him. Like, if I never saw that particular uh, version of Harrison Wells again, I would happily go to sleep every night thinking, oh, man, he's with his daughter, and they're feeling things together. This is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it would be not like it would be wonderful for him to actually be able to go over back to her, you know, like, you know, give her a hug and say, like, I have never asked you this and known what I was talking about. But, like, how do you feel <laughs> about anything? Please talk to me. Mm-hmm. Let's have a real conversation for the first time in your life. Like, that's that's heartwarming. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, we'll probably see him back. Harry, they'll probably bring him back. They just do. Oh, absolutely. I imagine. Especially with all that Speed Force language running around in his brain. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of hoping they don't do, like, a, a kind of a reverse Flowers for Algernon, where he's uh-huh. dumb, th- dumb enough that he's happy, and then they take that away and make him smart again. <laughs> I think they will. They might. I think and they might. Even if they yeah. do, even if they do, maybe at least there's this time. Like, he is a smart guy. Like, I loved in this episode that he's not just immediately emotionally, like, wise. He still walks out of the room thinking, like, going to see my daughter. And then has to turn around and go, like, should probably do a group puffer. Group puffer. Like, he's not, he's not just immediately capable. He's still got to learn. But mm-hmm. now he has the capacity to learn that emotional skill set that he never had before. And I love that. But, like, it would be nice if at least, even if they did pull him back and give him all his IQ back, that they still mm. let him have that. Like, he did learn in the time that he had it. Like, he did learn about his daughter in the time that he was, sure. you know, a balanced person, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. I hope they at least give me that. Because that yeah. would still be a pretty good arc. Yeah. But it's not. It, it, was, it was nice to see him do that, though. Hate it for Cisco. Well, who like half gets his friend back. Well, I'm not sure that there's not something dark around the corner for Harry and Killer Frost, because I'm quite sure there know, is. Hel- Todd Helbig told said that um, if you look back over the season, at Mystery Girl or Nora Allen, as we know now, at Nora Allen's uh, interactions mm-hmm. with the different characters, that uh, her her interactions sort of. Uh, foreshadow what she knows of them in the future and while she really did act like like i was pleased to see because i went back and looked and i was pleased to see that she was she was wearing an oregon trail t-shirt she's like being real geeky and talking uh you know she's very smart to to cisco and and ralph doesn't get her and you know she seemed really happy like i've zeroed in because she seemed really nervous and weird both um both interactions Mm -hmm. but i zeroed in on how she acted afterward when she after she met Cisco and um, Ralph, and they walked away, she was happy, she was cheerful, and she was writing in that Speed Force language. After she met uh, Caitlin and Harry, sorry, I'm having my own Harry moments, I'm losing my <laughs> mind, I'm losing the thoughts. Um, just finish the cast, she's like, man. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's just she switches into like this very dark demeanor. Because Caitlin says, I hope your meeting goes well, and they walk away. And she, like, gets really serious after they walk away and goes, it did. You know, I, she, like, she knows something about them. Yeah. Like, she's weary of them. So that's the only thing I could really see about what he was talking about. Well, I, I went back and looked, too, and to, for what you're saying, uh, even in the first meeting, when she walks away from Barry, mm-hmm. it still looks like she kind of walks away thinking, she looks a little stunned. 
Like even when even the way yeah. she grabs his hand, she looks a little stunned. Like looking back, I don't think she ever got to really meet him. Oh yeah, no, I think he died. I think she saved him when he when he punched that satellite. I think so. So and just it, it, I don't know, man. There, there's something about that in the context we know now. And then you go to her meeting with Cisco uh, and Dibney. Like she does, she gets down. She starts scrawling in her journal excitedly. Like she she this went well for her. Mm-hmm. But. I'm, and like I, part of that is, I think she she shows up at, at just the right time. I think she wants to like help cement that relationship a little bit between Cisco mm-hmm. and Dibney. I think that's what she showed up at that time to do, mm-hmm. and also to kind of ingratiate herself, mm. like to show up and be someone that Cisco remembered and remembered a little fondly. Like she even talks about like pay it forward. She even goes into talking about uh, how'd she describe it? Principle of infinite consequences. Yeah, like she literally starts talking nerd and starts to look worried as she talks about principal events going on. Like this is clearly after she fucked up, mm-hmm. because she—it's just the the worried look on her face when she does that. And then um, I don't know. I think she came knowing she'd need a favor at that moment. Hmm. But it's interesting. The one that really cracks me up is it's not so much how she leaves the conversation with uh, Harry and Caitlin; it's what she interrupts. She interrupts Caitlin, explaining to Harry that like. When Killer Frost is brought into the nuclear situation in her flash time, mm-hmm. there's a moment where, like, she explains later that, like, she felt Killer Frost worry, and she had never really felt that before, but she was worried about Caitlyn. Like, there's some uh-huh. kinship that she felt Killer Frost feel for her, and she starts to tell Harry about that, and that's when she spills, literally, literally spills a Killer Frost on the table. Like, that's the, for irony's sake, the spring milk or whatever the hell it is. That's interesting. I think it's what she interrupts that mattered, and that's what she did. That's what she achieved during that. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, she did not want Harry to know that Killer Frost and Caitlin have that kind of connection. Because I, I, my best guess, it may have to do with like while Harry was still super smart, she did not want him to have that piece of information because she might have he might have unlocked the puzzle puzzle of like what's going on with Killer Frost and Caitlin. Uh huh. I don't know where that leads. I don't know if she for some reason needed Killer Frost to not be alive or. You know, not be present during the whole climax of the season or given kind of the, like you said, the kind of like cold shoulder sneer. I don't know if that's part of what happens in the 30 years that apparently, according to the producers, have passed since that event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that lies in this, but I think it's what she interrupted more than how she acted. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to watch those scenes again. (laughs) (laughs) I'd actually... I'd actually pay for that one to watch that one. CW only mm. keeps so many at a time. Yeah. Ow. Um. Gosh, I completely uh, lost track of where, what I was thinking before. Oh, how uh, how much you want to bet DeVoe's not gone for good? There's still. It seems like plenty of avenues for him pretty, to return. Like I get there. There could be pieces of him still in Ralph's mind. Easily. But I, you know, what I was thinking is, uh, and we were talking about this earlier. He doesn't look phased when that his holographic version of him doesn't look phased when she goes and like yanks that shit out of the out of the back of that chair. Like, yeah, he, he says like he, you did. You think I didn't foresee this circumstance or whatever? However, I'm he, paraphrasing he, that. Yeah, I mean, he pulled some Johnny Depp transcendence, man. Like he's in computers <laughs> and shit now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I loved I, I loved this idea that over the course of the series, like he chose that set of powers because he knew that's exactly what he'd need. And I loved this mm-hmm. to defeat anyone that would actually be brought in by the rest of the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. That was good writing. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was a good way to 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 keep everybody out of it and to Make explain go, why. why like, they yeah, like why didn't you just call like Supergirl and Superman? Like they're in there too. Yeah, you, he thought of that. Yep. <laughs> and then the way they used Plastic Man in the course of this series, I I thought of like, well, what would it matter if hey, Supergirl did punch him? He just bounced back. Like he's got a plan. Like this, they've really powered Plastic Man. I love it. Oh, elongated, it's elongated man. man. I'm sorry, elongated man. Yep. <laughs> Heard myself as I was doing it. <laughs> Sorry, right, man. I still love you. It's fine. I'll live. I always want to call him Digby, and I call him Dibney out of Digby. practice. You happy he's back? I actually am. I I wasn't a huge fan of his going into the season, but um, I'm on board now. I like him a lot more than I did at the beginning. They earned it. He even his you know not quite death was that was one of the more touching moments. Actually. He was part of two really touching moments, like when, uh, when Barry just kind of touches his shoulder while he's watching the like uh, the uh, the Sonic Girl, the the country Sonic Girl. Mm-hmm. Like that was a, an extremely emotional moment for the season. Like that was that was a tearjerker. Like that that one hurt a little bit. But then, how many episodes later, he uh, like Barry just has to sit there and watch Ralph suffer the same fate. Yep, those were rough moments. Like it, that was rough. I know we started this by saying that it didn't have some of the emotional impact, but man, it, it really had moments of having the, the emotional impact I expect out of flash and hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure I was talking about the entire season, but really just, just the season finale. Finale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though, you know, I'll, I'll admit when I was watching what happened to Ralph, I did think about, you know, them trying to shove those Microsoft surfaces down my throat with his character. And I went, eh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, what was that? That was so terrible. This season is like those little weird vignettes of like them trying to like hawk <laughs> Microsoft products to me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of NFL football, but if you do, you've been bombarded with the same thing. That didn't even feel that weird. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was weird about it is like like three of those would play in like three or four. It would play three or four times when you watched it on the CW app, like per ep, per episode. I'm just like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Caitlin's using a thing. Yeah. That got rough. That's a problem with the CW app in general. It, it is. By the way, a shout out to the CW. I will gladly pay you if you can just stop that. <laughs> we'll gladly give you money to watch all these shows if you will just let me watch them in peace. I won't. It'll give me your your bad commercials. Give me time to go pee. <laughs> I, I'll hit pause, man. It's worth it. I'll do it. Three ninety nine a month. I'll pitch that now. I'll, I'll give you three ninety nine a month to not do that. Oh, man, I'll go get a snack and listen out for the third time they play the same car commercial in a row, and I go, okay, it's almost over. I can't. And they mix it up. <laughs> they mix up how many they're going to do. It, it reminds me of actually being a kid and missing stuff, and I'll never be able to go back for it. Like it, It's still an advantage over like eight-year-old me where it's like, oh, my God, I missed it, and I'll never see it. Because uh-huh. now I can just click and go see that thing I missed. And I, I risk maybe having to see the commercials again. But, oh, yeah. I'll give you money. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is if, – if money's going to be had over this, it's going to be like – it's not going to be CW stuff, man. It'll be like they air it uh, simultaneously on CW app and on the DC Universe streaming app. So you'll pay for the DC streaming universe app and probably have the new episode of Flash. I hope. That'd be fantastic. I hope. By the way. Yes? Did you like the whole shrimp buffet thing? Because that made me laugh. The shrimp buffet thing was funny, but it made no sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I can't fathom the idea of actually, like, fighting something and not focusing on it at the same time, but 
made me laugh. I don't I, I, I just, I don't know. Out of yeah, him, it, it made sense. Weird. Well, I mean, just the thought of, like, having no thought about what your actions actually are going to be. Like, I don't think it's possible. Like, even if you're, like, throwing out weird crap about shrimp or whatever, you're know. still thinking, like, right hook. I've never so much as had to fight a polygraph. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not a lie if you believe it. Right. <laughs> there are ways to test for that now, too. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, one one hate uh, like uh loose strain that might go into next season. The mechanic still loves Devoe and she is out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she did hand over the piece of technology that used the speed force and didn't quite restore Harry. Yeah. Do you just have a feeling we're not done with her? I have a feeling we're not done with her or Devoe, honestly. Both. And that would fit. Like Arrow yeah. did the same thing. They we're not done with that guy either. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is still just part of part of the plan. It did very much feel that way. Like it did not feel like the heroes won at the end of this episode. It there was this we saved the day, but a a large hint of yeah. But the theme of this season was you may have lost the war already. Mm-hmm. Just hard to get know, hard man. to get excited about. Yeah, we won. <laughs> every time, every time for the last several months in their world, and you know, better part of a year in our world, they keep thinking they've won and. Absolutely not. If they're sincerely like doing like multi-season arcs now, holy shit! You excited? Like if they, it makes me more excited than I was. <laughs> you know, like just the concept of, of false finales, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I can get into that. I think I would sacrifice the the seasons we ha- we've had of just like ball busting sobbing finales which they man they're really good at that like Mm -hmm. you finish the season of the flash and you're dehydrated right if the trade-off is we're gonna do stuff that's like no we're gonna run this over a few seasons it'll be worth it Mm -hmm. i can deal with that and i mean i i i I do say multi-season arcs talking about like the big bads and stuff like i know I'm well aware that they do multi-season arcs in terms of the characters, like, obviously. Yeah, you're talking about the same big bad that DeVoe yeah. lovingly referred to during this episode. Loved that remark, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Great fourth wall breaker there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way. It was very nearly too much. No, it, it was just right. It was just right. Like, as a as a... And I'm sure you experienced this, too. Like, as a person who's watched a lot of Whedon, Mm-hmm. Just right. Yeah, it's it's sort of um, sort of like when you're doing a puzzle, mm-hmm. and it all the piece and one of the pieces almost doesn't fit, but it fits so well that it's like it's actually like almost not in there. It fools like, you for a while. Yeah, it just fools you for just a second. Yeah. Where it's like you, it's like scratching the edges. Yeah, I've done that. Where like later you need that you need a piece somewhere else, and you think that wasn't a true match. Uh huh. You go back and pull it, and it's like, oh, that's where it's supposed to be the whole time. Twist yeah. ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. The Shyamalan I enjoyed version Wally coming of, uh, back. Jigsaw puzzles. Oh yeah. I liked uh, I liked seeing Wally come back. I, I it was nice. He got a good kind of recap of his arc in this season for this show. Yeah. So like, hey, we know some of you guys don't watch Legends. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I fought a time a monster. No. Anyway, I feel really home now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I fought a time demon, and like I feel like I'm a good, you know, good I'm fit a good over place. there. Cool. 
Like, cool. Guys, you miss you miss Wally? Go watch Lepton. Yeah. I thought that was well handled, frankly. Yeah, that was fun. Like, for this show, they took him away in a way that made sense for the season, and they brought him back yeah. in a way that it was nice. It was a nice yeah. little surprise to see him there. And I don't even remember if I'd known that was happening, but whatever. Like Mr. Worf and the Defiant in First Contact. I like that you're using a Star Trek reference here, but I don't recall it. I'll be playing the part of Iris. <laughs> Uh, well, by that time, Mr. Worf had already gone on to join the cast of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. That's where he uh, was posted. And uh, Unless Cisco decided to go along with the ride, he was in command of the Defiant. So when they did Star Trek First Contact and the Borg invaded again, um, Picard orders the Enterprise to the uh, to, to help fight the, the Borg cube. And when they get there, the Defiant is there with Worf. And uh, they had this great little line where it was like almost about to be destroyed and they, Enterprise saves their ass and they bring Worf aboard and there's a little line where he's like, the Defiant? And they're like, oh, it's, it's uh, adrift but salvageable. So they won't have to make another Defiant, you know, on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Mr. Worf could still be in the TNG, the Next Generation movie. <laughs> yeah. It made sense that he would be there. Now, when he showed up for the other two times <laughs> and the other the subsequent two movies, didn't make didn't make nearly as much sense. I just I I followed very little of that because I don't remember much of it. I've seen uh-huh. it, I think, but I don't remember much. I I do want to mention that like you just explained Star Trek and an episode that we're reviewing that re- used a Star Trek reference. Two episodes mm-hmm. named Cisco, and I'm seriously still playing Iris West here. Like, it's it's uh pretty wonderfully meta. <laughs> yep, this is the world we the world we live in now. I like it. I like it. Oh, speaking of the opposite. Mm-hmm. What did they name uh, Joe and Cecile's baby? Oh, uh, Jenna. Jenna? Jenna, I think. J-E-N-N-A. Okay. Every time I looked at that baby, mm-hmm. those eyes were so wide. Like, all I could hear when I looked at that child was like, I know too much. Mm-hmm. I think it was a reference to uh, Jenny Ognots, who was the granddaughter of, of uh, Barry. XS. Sounds like a fine reference. But that, I mean... it. If that baby was the source of the powers, that baby has seen the inside of Harry Wells' mind. It's seen the inside of DeVoe's mind. Like, that thing came out <laughs> thinking, like, like it should have had yeah. a pack of cigarettes under its arm. <laughs> this is DC on screen. <laughs> that baby's seen too much. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's the Dave Chappelle baby. I got kids to feed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I think that's all I've got. What do you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I just had to complain about my my few things in there that I was just annoyed by. Sure. But um, it was a weird season of The Flash. But uh, I liked I liked the I liked the guy that played Devoe, whatever his name is. I forget too, but he was compelling. Marlise was good too. Yeah, dude. In that episode where she was like on the stand, she was phenomenal. She was. I will never understand her hair when she's in that lab coat, though. <laughs> Don't understand that costume choice at all. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I don't have an answer for that. I welcome one. But we if are. It's d- out there. I, I don't know. Yep. All right, we are DC On Screen. You can find every episode of DC On Screen at DCOnScreen.com. 
and every episode is for free, all 488 of them. And uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, we tweet at DC on screen. I tweet at David C. Robertson. Uh, and we're also on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group, DC on screen group. We've got a Facebook page. Uh, it's uh, a whole lot of stuff out there. We've got an Instagram, DC on screen. And uh, again, if you, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to pop over to iTunes and help us out, there's, there's going to be a link for, uh, for you to do that in the show notes. We're going to be uh, coming pretty much right back with an episode uh, talking about the season finale of Krypton, the Phantom Zone. And until then, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... <laughs> <clears throat> Some things never change, like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.